1: say radio guys have the toughest job when it comes to like doing intros and outros with music because like i don't know austin i mean were you listening to the radio today
2: yes sir i was listening to good old sportsman 590 the fan
1: and you heard a lot of mj today didn't you
2: oh yeah i was listening to the jeff Blair show and uh derek randau who does their sound mixing he did a great job
1: Uh, oh i see i don't even know the guy's name so shout out to him for uh
2: great great board up
1: yeah, so, he and
2: Travis do a great job with uh, Blair, so I'll give him a shout-out. Okay, Thanks I'm going to
1: unplug this cord for a second because it's going to create some buzzing, and I don't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, as we're recording this, I mean, most people are going to probably be listening to this on you know, tomorrow morning. Or, sorry, it would be Thursday morning. Um, this was Michael Jackson's 60th birthday. Man. I couldn't even think of him being sixty because of his like the way his personality was.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's weird. But here we are.
1: He's still he's still missed, I always say. Um yeah. it's it's one of those it's just one of those days where you just don't even realize it and you got you have to you have to pop in a couple of MJ tunes, that's all I have to say. And that's yeah, one of sure. one of my favorites. I tried to play on guitar and I failed pretty bad because I don't really play guitar, so... MJ was... uh, This is my last one on MJ, is he was so big. The reason why I liked him growing up, when I I played music, so I studied music, he was so big on... During rehearsals... I don't know, do you ever watch that documentary, This Is It? The one about his final concert and tour?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He was so particular in the sound of the music. Like, usually... Like he hires a, a director to uh, look after that stuff. Like the guy oversees it all. And if he, I remember it was I can't remember what song. I think it was the way you make me feel. And there was supposed to be the growl intro, and like the feel, the beat of it. And he was like on the guy to make sure it it was, um, it was right. So that's the type of guy. That's why a guy like MJ is celebrated because it was always about. Given the best performance. So he is missed. Yep. He is definitely missed. You know what else is missed, Austin? Josh Donaldson. <laughs> I I messaged our group today, and I'm sure you got the message and what I told Jake. Uh they should just yep. they should
2: just put him out of his misery. This is getting
1: <clears throat> holy smokes.
2: And for his final act as a Toronto Blue Jay, Josh Donaldson turned into Troy Tolowitzki.
1: Ugh. like it's you can't be mad you can't be mad at the player and you you can't even be mad at the team you can be frustrated you can be fr. I that's the word frustration because look and and we're gonna kind of get into this because I've heard it so much today I, I listen to both radio state I listen to sportsman and I listen to TSN yeah. you can tell Sportsnet will criticize the team for when something is not done right. TSN has rarely, rarely had anything to say about the Blue Jays. Now, granted, the Blue Jays don't have a lot of positive things going on right now, and I understand it. But this whole notion that the Blue Jays blew it with Josh Donaldson, this is my argument, my counter-argument to it. When the rumors came out about St. Louis being interested in the offseason, They were the only team I knew about. Was there any other team you heard about, Austin?
2: Uh, The only other team I can think of that was, like, it wasn't even reported, but, like, speculated that Atlanta might be in on him just because of the Anthopolis ties. But that was, like, every Jays player from his era.
1: Yeah, Strowman was – basically, take any Blue Jays player. Strowman still is. He freaking – yeah. So when you only have one team in the mix – And we know, just based on the hockey side alone, when you only have one team interested in your top player, your return is going to be crap. Because what leverage do you have? The only leverage the Jays had, they had him under contract, so he wanted to play with them, so he wasn't asking for a trade. And they had... Up until the trade deadline, non-waiver. Well, now the waiver trade deadline. Apparently, to get a deal done and find more suitors, let him play, really up his value. If there was a good offer, then yes, the Blue Jays deserve to take a realistic look and say, "What's this team going to be like?" And unfortunately, they they counted on Sanchez to try to be healthy. Showman to be ready to go, even though he was injured during tra- training camp, spring training, and like they they didn't have enough eggs in the basket that were solid. They had a lot of ifs and maybes. That's yep. where that's the issue I had with all this. But to say that they needed to completely tear it down, this is now this is my always my counter, my thing about rebuild. It is so easy to say to tear things down. But also, we always know that the hardest thing to do is build the damn thing back up. Look at... well,
2: It's it's shown with certain teams that there's a right and wrong way to do a rebuild in sports. Um, And one move, trading a key piece for a return that's not what... or less than what he's worth could really screw your organization in the long run.
1: Um, I look at teams like Miami now. Um, you look at, uh, San Diego, who everyone says they have a good farm system, but, uh, the farm, having a good farm system means nothing until your team is half decent. Like when, when a team like New York is good and still has prospects, that, that's, that's a situation you want. But when you're a team that's not getting to that next level, but, oh, they have a good farm system, you're, you're taking the biggest gamble. Um, the only really successful story recently has been the the Houston Astros they bet big with their and, with their picks their own picks uh and the Yankees and the Yankees like they bet big on their own guys and and the Red sox to a certain degree I mean they got uh, JD Martinez off the ball off you know free agency Chris sale they traded for like they, that it was mixing around what they already had. You can't say, oh, we the best – what you have to do is trade everything, get assets, and build it back up. Baseball free agency yep. is now the biggest crapshoot because you can't find anything tangible anymore, really. Like, you you look at what team won the offseason. I can't even think of one, really, because I- –
2: I'd say it was Boston, just because Martinez is
1: okay. Yeah, that was, a perennial
2: triple crown winner that was signed like two weeks before spring training.
1: Yeah, that for the season, and that was really because he set such a high price that really only Boston could pay it. Maybe yeah. the Yankees could have, but they didn't need a JD Martinez.
2: No, they had a Giancarlo Stanton. They don't. They had an
1: Aaron did. Judge, and just too much. They had power. Yeah, they already had the power.
2: And they're assume assuming they're in on somebody like Machado or Harper when free agency rolls around so they weren't going to spend on Martinez
1: exactly Um, so that's my that is that is my issue because people see what happened with the Leafs and how it quickly turned around like, you think about it the Leafs rebuild started what 2014 I would say when Shanahan came in yes 2014-2015 like, the, oh, okay. the Nylander draft, the Marner draft, that was, like, the first sign of, like, okay, things have to change. Things have to, you know, we have to out with the old, in with the new. And now, 2018, we're talking about a team that's a cup, you know, now people are giving legitimate cup uh, odds to. It doesn't always work that way. And baseball is even tougher. You only get one one team winning the division – Two wildcard spots. That's not great odds, especially when you're in an AL East that has the Boston Red Sox now having one of their best seasons in franchise history, the Yankees who you know loaded up like super gods again, um, the Tampa Bay Rays who don't even have really a rotation and still yet are third in division, and then I mean the Orioles they're they're a disaster. And apparently the disaster the Jays are having an issue with. And <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. I think I think people need to realize that you don't need to fully tear things down if you have pieces coming up. I will say I'm not the, the big issue going forward with this team will be pitching. When you have a Vlad Guerrero at you know in your infield uh, he's going to be your third baseman. I hope that that's they're banking a lot on that because that's why Josh Donaldson is most likely not coming back. Troy Chulewski yep. wants to be shortstop next season. I want to see him actually walk and no, not yeah.
2: I'd like to see him play a game before we talk about what his permanent spot on the team is.
1: Um, you have they have so many pieces, but I'm not looking at this team and saying, oh yeah, this team is going to be. I don't see a good team next season, but it doesn't mean that you're just going to offload. Cause what are you going to offload? The only thing they had this season was some of the guys they brought in. Eventually they were going to trade away and look, they found, found money in you know, guys like someone, um, Oh, who else did they? Tr- I'm trying to think now who they tr- trade away. It's been so goddamn long.
2: Everyone, Aaron loop,
1: Aaron loop. <laughs> uh, who's, Oh, uh, Axford, John Axford, uh man, I'm just trying to think of like you brought Curtis. in guys. Uh, go, go ahead. Who's the other one?
2: Not Curtis Granderson.
1: He is a, could be the next one. Although yeah. the guy, the team, I thought that was gonna trade from the Phillies ended up going after Joey Bats.
2: A so. weird one, but I guess it's just the amount that the Jays wanted maybe too high. I don't know. It's no secret he's a big bat off the bench because he's not gonna start for any team making the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just, this, this is where people need to, the Jays did a good job of filling out their back. Like they have guys that are able to play every day in the outfield, in the infield. Rotation has been the problem. The issue is there's such a premium on starting pitching and good starting pitching. It takes time to develop those. Your Sean Reed Foley's, your Ryan Barucki's, your Thomas Panon, who, I mean, let's see how he handles maybe another start or two before we see. And I don't. I I mean, he had a good good debut. It was against the Orioles, so take that for what it's worth.
2: And then the Orioles gave him the business yesterday.
1: Exactly. Um. I want to see this team. I think the biggest goal for this team moving forward is to work on the fundamentals. When I see guys making so many mistakes fielding, in the outfield, in the infield, when I see pitchers not giving that consistent effort. I mean, look, you're not looking for an ace start out of Ryan Baraki every time. That's that's for your Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman's. Those are the guys that are supposed to deliver. Those are your, your one-two punch. Most teams now don't even have the one through five really, really dynamic starters because Starting rotation based on what we they have, and you know, where the payroll has to go out to other places. So, that's that's my take. I don't know if you had anything else to offer.
2: Nope, you've uh, you've done a good job here.
1: This is my training camp. <laughs> we've been off yeah. for so long that like, we were we've been trying to get guests, and I just finally came to the idea like, you know what? I mean, we've got guys that want to come on. Uh, we're just working out scheduling. You know, people are still in summer vacation mode, so I'm not gonna ask. People them to... are
2: adults. It turns out we didn't really fully realize that when we got out of school.
1: Yeah, because you know it's tough to say, "Oh, you can come." We can even do it during the day. Oh, wait, you have work to do.
2: Yeah, you have a nine to five.
1: Or not yeah. even a nine to five. It's just you no, have to get. You have to. In
2: sports, it's all over the place.
1: It is. So we do have guys that want to come in. Guys, we're just working on it. Um, you know, guys are want to go away for the week just before they have to really like, look. Reporters are already like hockey reporters are going to like camps and stuff. So, um, this is this is like some guys are in, some guys are half in. <laughs> Sorry, I have a friend texting me about.
2: Yeah, it's all good. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it should be good. Um, it is, but um, this is we I'm, got Keegan on, so we're good. We're off to a good start. Yeah,
1: we had Keegan, Keegan saves us every time. Um, but yep. we'll find somebody else other than Keegan next time. We love Keegan. We just want to give him a break. Yeah. So, the reason we are having our I'm calling this our, tra- our training camp podcast. As you can tell, it feels like a training camp. I'm almost out of breath already. Um, yeah, we have a lot of leaf stuff. Coming through the woodworks, like they haven't even started training camp yet, and people are calling these summertime. My God, we have nothing to talk about. Storylines,
2: which yeah. Is- it, you know what? I, I felt like summer went by quick until the Leafs started making the playoffs. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: and then everything just became worse. This week has been the Tyler Seguin of the Leafs and the War Wars, which I, I don't. I guess I'm not a not a plugged in hockey Twitter guy because I have not seen a single person talking about hockey war. Is I, that weird?
1: I think I've I've gone to I think we've ignored it. I think we know I mean, that crowd. I've seen crowd. people
2: reference it. Okay, I have yeah, I too that.
1: but we we've kind of ignored that crowd. I mean I don't follow the guys I know the guys who are big into the analytics stuff.
2: I don't what? I don't follow the nerds. Oh, well, what's up nerds? The nerds are great. I mean,
1: yes, technically they're nerds because...
2: Nerds in an endearing way because they do a lot and provide us with a lot of fantastic information. But... Kyle Dubis is heading a hockey team because he's a nerd.
1: Yeah. Um, But this is the issue. And I've always had this issue. If you are not able to communicate your ideas in a way that is A, understandable to your audience, or B, your audience... Has your audience is always going to try to disprove if they don't agree with your subject line? It's just your job to po- state the facts. Some guys could give their opinions because they're experts in the field, and th- you know that further gives them their qualification and gives them credibility. But don't, and I've been seeing so many people trash the analytics guys. Analytics guys trashing regular hockey folks. Sorry, well, okay, they're just hockey folks. Regular no, <laughs> analytics people can be regular hockey folks. I'm sorry if I just sland, slandered some ho- analytics people, but this this is this war is just. It's almost like one probably what, this probably will happen when baseball stats were huge,
2: but look at it now. And There's when a good advanced balance. Stats came to baseball and basketball. Hockey is really one of the like they were behind in the advanced stats, so now we're starting to catch up to what baseball and basketball have been doing.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, basketball is, it, that one's sneaky, like, you, you, there's, interesting. Yes. Baseball, oh, I love now the whole exit velocity, launch angles, like, that's, That's cool. That's really cool. That's, that's like, that stuff I can eat, you know, you it's understandable. You can understand how guys are hitting, like, Danny Jansen, how many hits he's getting that are, you know, 90 plus miles per hour off the bat, like, Things like that are good. There's
2: some really helpful stuff. And yeah. hockey is going to get to that point. We're going to get some new stats that will be awesome. It's just they need to easier be Easier to understand.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, it's, not,
2: it's not easy for people to just jump into hockey and pick up analytics. It's,
1: it's not even easy. easy for people to jump into hockey and understand hockey.
2: Yeah. Baby steps. But yeah. we'll get there.
1: We will. We will get there. So – here, which storyline do we go with first? Because there's, mm-hmm. I'm not, and this is not the captaincy talk. We've had it. We've we've had the captaincy talk, you and I.
2: What about Matt agent talk, can we have that?
1: Oh hell, he's going to Germany.
2: Yes, good, really good for him. Munich, is it?
1: I think it's Munich. I'm, I'm a little short. I know it's Germany. I.
2: Well, we we met. In our class, we met Carlo Koliakovo, and it sounds like the owners take pretty good care of their players out in Germany, so it's a pretty smart Yeah, league. they
1: they have, like, most of the owners, depending on the ownership, you know, they get them housing and...
2: Yeah, like, he played for, uh, what's the team called? Uh, Mannheim, Adler Mannheim.
1: Yeah, he has it uh, in your... I was actually going to look him up on Twitter, because Carlo has yeah. all of his teams. He uh, Basically,
2: long story short, what he had told oh, us uh, is dad. that at Adler Mannheim, they're... Uh, their owner had bought like a giant subdivision neighborhood because half the team are international players from the US or Canada and the team just lives together year round they have their own neighborhood built in Germany and it's like that's pretty cool like it's a cool little thing if you can't play in the, in the NHL you're still getting paid to do that
1: how, much, how nice would it be to live in Germany for the year like, yeah exactly
2: Germany is mean, not a bad place it's not like you're living somewhere random
1: And granted, you're not, you know, spending your whole year touring and all that stuff. You're, you know, you're working, you're training, you're playing, but their schedules are a lot lighter than the NHL. Like, it's not as, you know, demanding. So I'm, you know, I'm happy for Matt that he's able to find it. Like you tell a guy, oh, but you know, he could have gone a PTO offer. Do I take the money and a chance to play? Or this maybe a lottery ticket? How many guys did the Leafs bring in on a PTO that they actually played last season?
2: No, no, no. They had Devin Setaguchi that one time, not last year. I think.
1: Oh my God, I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I really did. You no, know, it's not a PTO thing, but just the random. You were talking about the like weird years for the Leafs when the rebuild was happening. I was watching back Austin Matthews' first game. It came up on Twitter for some reason and i was he was going down and uh, just doing like the line after he scored one of the goals at the bench and milan maholic was uh was just bumping him on the bench mm-hmm. it's like right that guy was a leaf there were so many odd members of this team for a while
1: yeah and it's just it's the way that when you're paying your star players now 10 11 12 million dollars a season you have to bring in the lower and Younger, cheaper, guys that can skate. The game has just become more demanding. I asked, um, so, okay, I guess we'll get into the Lilligren talk because I'm going to be bringing it up. Um, so I was at the NHL PA Rookie Showcase. Um, Austin was unable to go, unfortunately, and it was – your, your presence was missed, I will say. That's nice. I, I, I had
2: adulting to do, unfortunately.
1: Uh, yeah but um so I mean, I was with the NHLPA this was uh, you know somebody we Austin and I both know that works for the pa um I express interest now like for me as a freel I'm more of a freelance I don't really have one set place that I have a couple you no know, things I do reached out I said if you're looking for someone i'm I would love to do it did it last year it was a great time um I felt this year was. Better for access for me personally because it was set up a bit differently than last year, so I even yeah. got to ask. So I talked to a couple. Well, I talked to a bunch of guys, a bunch of prospects. One guy I talked to was Robert Thomas. The, he's a yeah. St. Louis Blues prospect. Kind of a um, big deal. Kind he of a big deal that he could be a top six. Four,
2: played in the like, Memorial Cup this season.
1: Yeah, he. He had a breakout season for the Hamilton well, he played for London, then he got traded to Hamilton and was doing well for it's Hamilton.
2: Life in the OHL.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's a he's a good prospect. First you know, he's a first round pick from twenty seventeen. And my question to him, I, I was talking to him about, you know, um kind of his approach to the game because he's you know known as a two-way center guy. You know, you think of some first round picks, they're usually like the really good. I mean, now it's changed. They're not just one dimensional players. And I kind of asked him his influences and he said, you know, Jonathan Taves was one of them. And I, I kind of asked him, you're, you're a guy that just got drafted in the first round. You spend the year in juniors and now people are pegging you for an NHL spot, like a spot in the NHL. Why do you think that is, I even asked him. And he said to me that based on, you know, the demand of the game, the speed, you know, uh, just young and and with – he didn't mention anything about salaries, but he kind of leaned it that way that, you know, contracts and stuff, younger guys are getting that opportunity more. And it's totally right. Like, you look at around at the NHL now, how many guys make it – like they weren't even first round picks. Some guys who were picked in the third round, if they show one part of the game that can contribute to a team, you're on an entry level contract. You're good. You're sad You're in. The, you're you got a good chance to make to make the team. Yep. You do this years ago. Teams would even consider it. Coaches would want the veteran guys, and coaches still do. Yep. Coaches will still want the veteran guys.
2: But then, we the still want the veteran guys. <laughs>
1: Yes, the Leafs would like Well,
2: to. one specific individual on the Leafs wants the veteran guys.
1: Yeah, but he's going to learn the hard way that his boss is going to want a good mix of both. Maybe a little more than a mix. Um, but it's, it's stuff like that that you start to realize how young guys see this as the opportunity. And one guy I talked to uh, was Timothy Lilligran. Who was the Leafs prospect? Uh, the top. He's now okay. I'm giving it away. He's going to be in my prospect rankings. He's going to be my top rated prospect because he's a right-handed shot defenseman, first round pick. Could have easily, if not gone ill, could have been a top five pick in the 2017 draft. But got mono, and the Leafs got him at 17, 17. Right, Austin. In 20. 20- who was it, sir? Lilligren. Uh,
2: uh yeah good old
1: Timothy lilligren at lildegren as uh kind of was overall in 2017 I
2: believe 18 yes.
1: I think he was 17 uh right after um matter, I really. he's the leaf no everyone knows who Timothy lilligren is everyone knows his story went with the Marlies last year had a really good start things kind of you know when you haven't played a lot of hockey he have you know I think he had an injury. He spent some more time in the weight room. He told me. And now he told everyone, all the assembly media, he told, well, I knew first, I should have tweeted this out, but I didn't want to be that. Okay. Well, I was re- going to be writing something on him. because so that kind of just gives away the premise of my story, but I should have, because he told me, then he told everyone else. So I saw that coming that he wants to challenge for a spot on the Leafs roster. And you've got... Oh, how I love the reaction of this. And your it, reaction I, kind of...
2: It, it would be concerning if he didn't have that reaction.
1: You, Yeah. I will premise it by saying if Timothy Logran came in to the media and says, yep, I'm going to see how it goes. Mm, you know, we'll see how it plays out. He could have said that. Yep. He could have even said, you know, maybe I'll get another year with the Marlies. But... The fact that he said he wants to challenge for a in camp, I think it it automatically already puts that spotlight on him. Now, some guys don't like the spotlight on them. I think he wants the spotlight on him a little bit. For him to come out and say that and knows, he full aware knows that people are going to report on him and, say, and make it a big deal. So he knew what he was saying and he knew what that what, what that meant. Now, people are saying, oh, but he only played one year in the AHL. He's not ready for the NHL. That's not up to us to determine. I, I don't like when people say, oh, he doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have a chance. Um, I'm trying to trying to think. Nobody thought Roman Polak could have come back after that leg injury, but God darn, the Leafs took care of him and rebuilt them back to being back with the Leafs last season. Probably Roman Polak. Did I did I say someone else? I should have probably uh, said Roman. Uh, no,
2: no, you're good. Okay. I was just trying to think of something clever and nothing clever came. So <laughs> <said> clever.
1: <laughs> but look, Travis Dermott was. I mean, what well, oh shoot, how old is he? Twenty? He's twenty now, Travis. Twenty-one. Twenty
2: or twenty-one? Uh, Marner draft. So I think he's twenty-one. Travis
1: Dermott, Dermott is 31. now. So he turned twenty-one. The, well, last year. Or he's 21 right now. He's going to turn 22. Okay. Timothy Lillgren. I mean, Mar- Dermot was also an overager, if I'm not wrong, when he was drafted. Am I wrong on that one, Austin? You're my fact checker uh, on this. He's a 96. Dermott? Yeah, Dermot's a 96, and he was drafted in 2015.
2: No, I don't think so. I think he they started drafting the overagers when... Uh, well, he was drafted. I think he, wait, what? what's his birthday?
1: Uh, he was drafted, a, he was, he's a 96.
2: No, like what, uh, month and day?
1: Uh, he's a December 96.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, no, he was, that was his draft eligible year. He's, okay. uh, the cutoff is September 15th. I for, think... So he was just a really old member of that draft class.
1: Okay, maybe I was, um,
2: like, Uh, Durga Chinsev when they drafted him this year he was born on the 15th so he was the youngest possible player in the draft
1: okay so I totally messed Um,
2: that up like when when Matthews was drafted he was born like two days after the cutoff otherwise he would have been in the McDavid draft oh thank
1: god (laughs) imagine if the Leafs missed out on McDavid and Matthews between
2: Matthews or martyr.
1: yeah true let's not go down that Um, road I don't want no we're we're gonna get uh, it's good, man. Look, it's... yeah, exactly. You know, he played his third year in the OHL, went right to the Marlies after that, played in one playoff game. He then played a whole season in the AHL.
2: He, um, I I don't mean to cut you off, but like he's, I, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast and I've said it other places as well. He, I saw he and Janssen play against the, Oh, boy. Syracuse Crunch in the playoffs this year?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You were
2: there? Those, yeah. I went to the one game this year. And those two individuals are just above the AHL. They're too good for the AHL now. Yeah. And it was obvious.
1: Well, because how much seasoning did they get? They they didn't... They had the season, full season in the AHL. I think Janssen had a little more. I mean, granted, Janssen's been playing professional hockey for quite a bit. So you'd hope he's a little ahead of some of the younger guys. But, yeah, he, he I, you're totally right. I think both of them showed they're NHL-ready. Dermott played yep. a full season in the AHL, 59 games, which is pretty much a full season. Yep. He then plays 28 games twenty eight games in the AHL before getting called up in January. Mm-hmm. In January makes his debut at the least plays 37 games. How many people did you think he was going to play 37 games last year?
2: No, I thought he would maybe get like 15 or 20 and then send them back down for the stretch run.
1: Or maybe, yeah, but people, but you give them the opportunity. And he
2: also got a full playoff series. Yeah,
1: he got a full playoff series and he went back and he played pretty well in the playoffs again, got hurt. You,
2: you knew Travis Dermott was on the ice with the Marlies. He was, you could not miss the guy. Yeah not because he's a big dude he's under six feet but the skill and the awareness was there so much that you could you noticed him as soon as he was on the ice
1: yeah exactly I mean
2: if we're going back to Lilligren he you and I were in the building last year at Rico when he had, had his first professional game boy professional sorry <laughs> at the rookie tournament his first t- was, first
1: time in the Leafs uniform yes
2: that was probably the worst performance you'll ever see him have in a Leafs uniform
1: and guess what it was the last time he had a bad performance. He learned from it. The guy hadn't played that style of hockey. and So, like, he hadn't played a lot.
2: And you said the weight, he's been in the weight room. I mean, that's the biggest thing for Lillian, right? The skill is there. The yeah. defensive ability needs to be shown, and he's going to get that chance. Whether he makes the Leafs somehow or he ends up going to back to the Marley, he's going to play first line because yeah. he's going to play for Dermot, where Dermot was in the lineup. Um, and the strength is everything for him because Wano's no joke, and that's been made very clear in his time with the Leafs. Is that is a debilitating thing to have? Yeah, you can't even you can't work out, you can't do anything. You're, he was basically just stuck sitting on a couch or in bed for months.
1: Terrible, terrible. So but you lose—that's
2: like he's losing weight because of this, losing muscle. And now he has to bring it all back. That's what I've been saying is that he's been working from behind this whole time. Because he, he played like seven games in his draft year.
1: Yeah. And what he told me, and this is this is why I mean I'm not saying he's gonna make it. I'm just saying you give him a chance. Don't don't go in with the mindset of saying he's not gonna make it. That's all I'm saying. Because a
2: but also don't expect that he's going to make the team. It's sort of
1: that yeah, weird. Middle. You 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 just say if he makes it. That's fantastic. If he doesn't, yeah. I, there's no problem with that. The guy's 19 years old. Give if he's him good enough experience. to
2: make it, and give him a shot. Yeah, if it's not there, it's not there. Of course, exactly. I, I Kyle Dubas is a smart enough man that he's. That's not new. And game.
1: Mike Babcock's a smart enough guy, yeah. and he knows it. So, but what? Uh, just back to my final point, Lilgren. He told me last year was a learning year for him. He learned, get back, you know, learn, have that environment. The Marlins were a great environment for him. They had a good team around him, so he didn't have, you know, have the, you know, the Wolves at him. It was a good team, good environment, a good learning environment. He says this year, though, it's not about, it's it's about taking that next step.
2: Yep. And he's going to get every opportunity. He's going to play, like I said, he's going to take Dermott's minutes. He's going to play first power play. He's going to take top lines. Yeah. He's going to learn. He's going to learn. He's going to learn
1: regardless. Uh, you, it's always, you're it's you always learning. You're never done learning in life, whether you're an athlete you, or anything. You're always learning.
2: The most exciting thing for him is going to be the jump in offensive production because it's going to come. Yeah. Um, because he only scored one goal last year, and I think he had something like 18 to 20 points all season. I can pull that up. I have my definitely laptop. definitely under 30 on the season for the Marlies. Yeah. Um, which 30 points in a rookie campaign in a pro league would be pretty exciting, but
1: he had... you're definitely
2: not complaining, but he had one goal and it was like his second game in the AHL. He had a goal
1: and 16 assists. So he has 17 points.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, he, he's going to be really good. He's again, we saw him in that rookie tournament game. He had some bad turnovers, but we also saw some incredible passes. Yeah. Like, the kid's vision is unbelievable and he's an offensive threat.
1: And he's – he, go ahead, go ahead, Sorry. finish that.
2: He's just – he's doesn't have a massive slap shot. He's sort of like Jake Gardner and that's it's it's sort of just the modern NHL player where you don't have to have this booming slap shot on defense anymore.
1: No, but he, he's
2: – He's super good at, pu- at placing his wristers on goal and putting them either top shelf or low pad for a rebound. He's really good at taking shots.
1: Yeah, so – and he even told me a big thing he worked on on the ice was – his strength, you know, coming out the corners because that's where smaller defensemen or defensemen who are not, you know, the best, they're not very physical. They have to get better at that because guys will try to murder them in the corners. That's where you go to yep. die in hockey. And he also said his ability to go up against guys one-on-one. That was big for him. So to for him to know exactly what he needed to work on rather than, oh, I just needed to improve on my game. No, he, he said, I need to get stronger. There's only so much he could do because the no the the summer was shorter for him. Maybe that also helped because he got to be a little more focused in his training. But that he knew what he needed to work on, and that's what he focused on. And now he can put that towards games. So people saying um, there's he has no shot. He shouldn't even like don't even do this to the kid. Relax. Like, the Leafs have, are different. They're not, like, going to put, like, what they did with Luke Shen. I think we all learned what can happen. So, relax, people. And <laughs> just, yeah, just relax. If the kid's good, let him play. The right side of the defense is crap. It was crap last year. The only guy they had was Ron Hainsey. And he doesn't play left shot, he, he's a left shot. He doesn't play right side. Let's be real here. Zaitsev. Had a bad year. He also had a really bad illness and lost weight too, which we all find, which we found out, can really have, have, hamper your ability to play hockey. Yeah. Um, you know Roman Polak and Kar- Connor Carrick weren't really getting it done. He, like a guy like Logren, sees that. They know it. They know there's that chance. Sure. <laughs> is is uh, Igor Ognyanov going to get a chance? Mike Bobcock likes the guys who have that professional experience. He really likes Parlin Holmes for that reason. Could Justin Hall make a case? I would like if, to see if Justin Hall can okay. do something.
2: And I he, just don't see it with Justin Hall. Like I know there's been a lot of people
1: that I'm not, really... Yeah, I'm not giving him top like, four.
2: No, I'm not giving... I mean, like, seventh defense, that could work. Yeah. But just like I've seen some people talk about Justin Hall being, like, the sixth defenseman on this team, it's like, he's hes a right-handed shot, I believe. Yes. Left?
1: Right-handed right. shot. Right.
2: right, yeah. That's why they're, that's, game.
1: You, you, the reason why Hall, Carrick, or those guys are getting a lot of, of, of focus is because they're right shots. Yep. That's why. And,
2: I mean, great, it's great to be, and fair, Babcock loves to pair his right-handed shots, but if it's not the right fit, it's just, don't force it. We said it with Lillier yeah. and Hull is another offensive defenseman who's prone to his mistakes in the defensive end. So, and he's 26, 27-ish. I mean, he's probably pretty set in his ways at this point.
1: Yeah, most of these so, guys are what they are.
2: Yeah, so if you're forcing a guy to play defensive minutes against NHL talent, I mean, Justin Hull had a good two-game stretch where he scored a couple goals,
1: and he also but yeah, I mean, or
2: you can score as many points as you want as a defenseman. It, doesn't matter how many points you put in the other team's net. It's obviously a big deal, but uh, your job is to keep the puck out of your net.
1: If he can so, do that? If he can, yeah, if he can I, play I'd the... I'd be a
2: big fan of Andreas Borgman. I'm just going to throw it out there. You want the physical presence that Roman Polak brought? That's who you put in the lineup.
1: My only concern for him, I'd like... I mean, Borgman was... I. He was a young, young guy that went in... Again, young guy that came from Sweden... Went right into the NHL, which is a little different than playing in Sweden. He did okay. He was also paired with Roman Polak, which you find yep. out can be like babysitting sometimes. Because the guy I doesn't know how to close. Yeah, and he also got injured. He didn't play in the playoffs for the Marlies. So, does that set him back? We'll see. I have ended up
2: uh, being the saving grace for Cali Rosen season, though.
1: Yeah, Borgman being out. Um, obviously, Rose Travis Dermott, Dermott being called up. I would think. Yeah, like, he he could be a, like a guy that if he doesn't...
2: He's on the bubble for the Marlies because he didn't play a lot down the stretch last year.
1: No, and the Marleys just added a bunch he, of guys.
2: Playoffs. Well, that's we can probably get to that next if you want is the Marleys' D situation because there's been a couple guys that have sort of news has come out about them. Um, that's that's going to be interesting to me more so because the Leafs are pretty much set.
1: Well, I mean, there's like get,
2: one near spot.
1: Okay, so let's let's quickly look at this. I'm I'm actually a guy that would like to see maybe Morgan Raleigh play on the right side versus Ron Hainsey. And the reason why is because maybe they can put someone else other than Ron Hainsey on that top pairing. Um, I'm not a fan of putting Gardner and Raleigh together. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be the first one to say it. I'm. I mean, I know the people, the advanced stats guys, are like those. Because what happens is you put those two on the top. What's the rest of your defense gonna look like? Are That'd you gonna, be fun. You're gonna put Travis Dermott in the top four. Let's. You I mean let's let's be, let's take it easy on the kid. I mean, if he can play top four, that is. Um. That was. That's great. Um, but I'm not gonna tell Dermot. Okay, you're top four now. You're gonna be playing with Zaitsev. Um, maybe if Zaitsev has a good camp, he goes back with Riley, and that kind of helps out with the rest of the. I don't know. But I I would I would like Babcock to be open with the defense because he doesn't have as like it's not set. He he might think it's set in his head. But until the guys come into camp and they start playing, all I know is they can't have the slow start they had last year because they screwed them going into the playoffs. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: That's a, you've you've summarized this well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I
2: think they just need to make sure Andy doesn't play every second of the battle. i will be fine.
1: Oh, no, exactly. All right. Let's okay. Let's talk about the Marlies because you yeah. said there's some stuff to talk about.
2: Yeah, Marlies things. Um. Well, like I've just been reading. Like that's interesting to me more so the um just the situation with how like the Marlies are gonna look on defense more so than offense because we have a general idea from their playoff lines and who they resigned as to how they're gonna look. But the defense to me is gonna be crazy because there's gonna be guys that don't make that leave steam that are going to have to play on the Marlies. There's going to be dudes that are sitting out that played minutes last year. I mean, I don't... Jordan Subban's going to play big minutes for them. Um, That's going to be really interesting to me because Jordan Subban's a guy that has sort of been underrated his whole career, I think. Oh, yeah? And I think it's because... Well, it's because he didn't sort of follow in what his brothers were doing. He wasn't a top pick like his brothers. Yeah. He's sort of the, like... uh, he gets the least amount of attention for the Subban brothers, for sure. And I think as a defenseman, you sort of look at him in his namesake, and you think, "Well, PK was this big prospect who wasn't a first rounder, and he look how he's turned out." It's like some some guys just have different different routes to get to where they need to be. I mean, Vancouver they started to have a really good system. Uh, the last couple of years with Utica but when he started playing for them they were not a very good team David Archibald was their best player I'm pretty sure mm. he's like he's like the Matt Martin of the AHL
1: yikes yeah
2: I, I, I would agree
1: that there's guys that have been able to come to the Marlies and you know either have gotten a better rep um, you know they they, they succeed because of the depth because of the system because of the balance of young and old talent. So, yep, I, uh, I would agree with that. But continue.
2: Um, well, I was just looking on Twitter today, and I believe it was Mike Stevens had um, a screenshot that Jesper Lindgren was back in uh, Finland uh, taking, like, promotional photos for HPK, which is the team he played for last year. And he was a guy that came over on an ATO. Uh, for the playoff run. So it looks like he might be back in uh, Europe again this season, which is good because he'll be playing men's professional still.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, the Leafs have a lot of these types of guys. Guys that, yeah, you know, they could crack the Marlies. They might get a chance to play. But what do we know about young players? They need a lot of experience. They need to be playing as much as you can get them in the lineup. Yeah, having the growlers is going to be huge, yep. but if you tell a European kid, yeah, we're going to send you to the ECHL, where guys, I mean, Austin, you and I both interview guys who play for the ECH, in the ECHL. Some guys make what five hundred dollars a week. Am I, yeah,
2: I, and uh, <laughs> I mean, Scott Wheeler did a great piece on tr- just traveling with.
1: The Brampton Beasts, who have, who are not like yeah. the lower end, of, like they've, they've got some. I mean, they're a, an affiliate of the, of the, of the Habs. So, yep. Like. Yeah, they're, I mean. Sorry. Go they ahead. made
2: it to the finals a couple of years ago, the Brampton Beasts, So I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean. So like you tell a guy, yeah, you're gonna go to the ECHL. You're gonna be riding the buses. You're gonna be doing all. I mean, the AHL, they have buses too, but it's. I mean, the schedules are like the. the Sometimes you have
2: two. I'll do this.
1: Kyle Dubas, genius. Let's get two buses.
2: Um, no, I'm just – I'm really yeah. intrigued by the defense because Oshiganov could miss the team. Uh, he could. Cole could miss exactly. the team. Rosen and, and Borgman are both in the running. Um, Laverdi is going to be back, and he'll be a big piece for them. Andrew Nielsen is going to be really interesting because nobody is, really knows what he is. I wrote in my
1: prospect rings this might be like – this season and next season might be make or break for this kid with the Leafs.
2: Yep, he's got to get his skating right. Like he's got to be with Barb on his. He's got to get, he's
1: got to get his head right. Like
2: yeah, he, well, he had that one big season in the W, and then came to pro, and he just hasn't quite clicked for him yet. But
1: well, not but, just yeah, it's not just that. He's he's gotten a little over aggressive at points. He's,
2: he's I, he is pedally prone. That's yeah. the biggest thing with him. Exactly. He takes a lot of. Uh, he's really physical, which leads to some penalties if you're not smart about it. Exactly. Um, but. What, uh, the one I'm most interested in is what they're going to do with Rasmus Sandin and Sean Dersey. and I don't think they feature with this team unless one of them blows them out of the water. I would say
1: Jersey has training. the best chance to do that.
2: Yeah. More so than Sandin and apparently I, there was another note that said Sandin is not going back to the Sioux apparently.
1: That was my note because I, I mean yep. the, I wrote it off of what someone on Twitter said but yeah, that's
2: what I was... It was like a week ago or two weeks ago. Somebody said he's probably going to go back and play for... He's already uh, playing
1: in Rogel. Yeah. That's his Swedish team. He he even and said... He, I think it was just before he was drafted. He even said, I would like to go... Like The reason why he left Rogel was because he wasn't playing a lot. In the OHL, he got to play a lot. But guys in the don't want to play juniors forever. They want to play against... They, a want to start making that professional money in Europe if they can cap making money as knights nice. and you play against top competition you play against guys who are professional hockey players not you know most of these guys in juniors don't make make it past ju- the junior level or they they're not good enough to make the NHL the competition is just way better and if you can get that competition in Sweden like or in Finland, uh, we, the, the Leafs just saw two of their prospects Rassinen and Rasinen and, uh Martins Durkals, Durkals, sorry. They're both going back to the KHL or they're going to the KHL. There's a reason they don't see the opportunity to play a lot for the Leafs. Yep. They don't want to go back to juniors in Durkals case. He doesn't want to go back to the ECHL. Yep. Uh, KHL offers them good minutes you get to play. You get to make money, good money. Yeah. They're going to do that. They still have a choice in that matter. None of those and guys have signed their ELCs. The Leafs don't have any say in what in where they get to play.
2: And it sort of helps the Leafs as well because there's um, this weird thing with Cat Friendly. It's not weird. It's an NHL thing. But the, basically they don't have uh, rights. I'm just sort of paraphrasing how this works. Uh, for like Sweden, they have certain deals, which is why uh, Grunstrom had to go back to the SHL. I can I can
1: explain this actually. If they're not yeah. a first round pick, they yeah. either make the NHL the or point. they go back to Sweden. Yeah, that's basically. So I, that's I I had to do so much research on which that. Is
2: why and, Grin was able to stay because he was a first round pick. So he and play and Nylander. and Nylander and any other. That's why they stay. But a second rounder, if he doesn't make the team, has to go back. Yeah. Um, in Russia, it's not so much a playing thing, but uh, once you go back to the KHL, there's no immediate date that your rights run out for an NHL team. So now Zirkel's that he's back in, um, back in the KHL, the Leafs just have his rights for an undisclosed amount of time. Yeah. Uh, it's like same with, with, Yegor, Korshkov, with college players. Same with Nikolaychuk, Bacon. Same with any other Russian prospect. Vladislav Kara, on and on.
1: These guys want to make. They want to still play back at home. They want to get yep. their games right. The Leafs still look. You know, they have their scouts that are watching their development. It's not like that they're... was a less
2: than ideal uh, Korshkov not coming over. I was hoping to see him this year.
1: He probably... he's been
2: one of, like the great unknowns for the Leafs.
1: Yep, that's true. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the list right now. Uh, we expect Grunstrom to play with the Marlies this year. Yeah. Um,
2: and like, I'm, I'm surprised Lindgren didn't go back over, and I'm just, as you're saying this, I'll go back through points I was making, because Lindgren is a, one of those guys, he was, like, a fourth-round pick in that 2015 draft. Yeah. he got overshadowed by, like, Timoshev and Brocko and Dermot and all these other depth picks at least made after Marner. Yeah. But... This was before Lou sort of got like the big guys, and the overagers, and Dubas and Hunter were just out doing work and getting the best players available. So he could be a really solid prospect. Yeah,
1: Still. and and the thing with him is he signed his ELC. That's why people are a little maybe a little surprised to see that, because yep. the Leafs would have had to okay that. Obviously, he can't. I don't think he yep. can just bolt for the for Finland. I think the Leafs have to sign off on it if. That's how I understand it. Um, But I'm going to point out a couple of things to Austin. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, Jordan Subban is not waivers exempt.
2: Ooh. Interesting.
1: He... I mean, Cap Friendly shows that he is not waiver exempt. But... Does that mean... Because he signed... What type of deal with the Leafs? He signed... A one-year... I can't even tell what type of deal he signed. Here. So he signed... I don't really know how those really work. Uh, It was a one-year, two-way contract, so that means he can go to the Marlies. And he doesn't have to clear waivers? I think that's how it works. Or no, isn't that just how his salary works? I'm confused on that part. That's the part I don't understand with the waivers. I would assume that he can... (laughs) I would assume that he can be he can go through waivers because nobody's really talking about losing him through waivers, so I assume that's not an issue. Yeah. Uh, but you look at a guy like Martin Marincin, who's gonna who has to go through waivers. You have to look at a guy like, um. You know, everyone's gonna be talking about Pickard and and Sparks. Uh, I think I think Gauthier is fine. I think I I think it's if you only play a certain number of NHL games. Or a certain number of years, that's when the waiver stuff comes in. So, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I know for sure because I don't. Um, but I'm, I'm very, yeah. I think with you, I think I, on the same level. As you last year, the the, the uh, oh my god, last year the focus was on the wingers, like Capitan, Janssen, um, you got those guys. It wasn't really on the defense. Maybe Dermot too. Dermot was a guy. Now defense is just the priority to look after.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, the Leafs uh, was it a year ago? They didn't have a ton of depth or top prospects other than Dermot, and now they've got Lillygren, they've got Sandine, they've got uh, Dersey. I mean, it's looking good.
1: They also drafted a crap ton of defensemen. That's what have, how you knew this Yeah, there's also the some
2: interesting defenders. Philip Kral is supposed to be very good from what I've seen and heard. He's, he's a diamond in the rough. He's in my uh, top
1: 20 prospect ranking.
2: Yep, he looks very good. And Matt Hollowell, he's a short guy, but he's a suit pick, and I'm sure Dubas loves him.
1: He was in my top 15. So he kind of went up a little bit higher because of...
2: Hollowell or Uh
1: Hollowell. He was higher. Oh, wow. That was because he can play with the Marlies. He was a, hes older too. He's an overager. Overagers, I give a little more value to because they're closer. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? So the Dunedin game got rained out. So Dawson went to play regardless, but <laughs> they should have just yeah. not said anything, let it get rained out, be like, oh, oh well. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that. up. I saw it on Twitter. This is what happens when you, This is the issue with being on Twitter while you're doing a podcast. Um,
2: yeah, I'm watching esports right now, so I digress. All right, I have related to this conversation going on.
1: All right, Austin, uh, you ready to trade Nazem Kadri? Uh,
2: not as much as the rest of Leap Twitter is, or portions of it. Okay, I don't know where it came from. I'm just going with what you said.
1: I don't know where it came from. I'm I'm gonna assume, and usually this is how it goes now. Unfortunately, TSN is very very big on those headlines of trade Subban. Sorry, trade Subban, trade Neilander, trade Kadri, because they just like they're they're under the impression of oh you gotta trade them because your defense you need to get a defenseman and that's how you do it yes can we stop ruining (laughs) a good thing
2: you had the long breath there Uh, that basically sums up the Leafs offseason rumors in a nutshell oh god
1: I I just don't understand I understand I understand that Nazem Khadri makes a good contract which means he's very very tradable Kurt Hill wrote this for our site, and I agree with that assessment. His trade value has probably never been higher. But you just convinced John Tavares to come to Toronto and that the biggest sell was Tavares, Matthews, Kadri, and some guy. It doesn't even matter who that guy is. The Leafs don't even need a fourth-line center if they don't want it. They have three guys that can easily play a full game's worth a minute Um, why would you want to trade Kadri I don't know he's not going to score 30 goals this year because he's not going to be getting the same minutes that he did last year but he's still going to bring value and Austin can you explain to me why people are saying he's not a good defensive center
2: Uh, because he's not GG I don't know
1: (laughs) I sigh again is it good players
2: are good players, and, uh, yeah, I don't see an issue with Nazem Kadri defensively. He's not killing the Leafs.
1: Not only is he not killing the Leafs, he played against the best lines last year. Yeah. Um. He, okay, he didn't play PK, but none of the centers played PK last year, so that's just a Mike Babcock thing. Um. William Nylander is not ready, or even, I don't even think he's ever going to be a center. Mike Babcock, maybe if he had no other options, he would do it, and that happened last year when Matthews was out, but he doesn't want to play him at center because to be a center, you have to have. Sorry, that was. There was a notification that came out on my computer. My bad.
2: Damn Uh, it, Dave.
1: I understand.
2: On the top. Okay. I thought I hit. I thought I hit end call for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that, please. Okay. I'll. I'll. I'll make this quick. Kadri, good oh, center. Nylander, good to play with Matthews. You have a good thing. Trust yourself to maybe make the right moves internally, or find other ways to get a defenseman.
2: It's just the rush to, like, at least need to win the cup this year.
1: They don't need to win the cup this year.
2: You're going to have your core for at least another seven years because Tavares' contract isn't running out anytime soon.
1: You're, I mean... Yes, you're locked in for seven years. You trade Kadri... And that window
2: gets shorter.
1: That window gets harder. I mean, it's not even it gets shorter. Yeah, shorter it, gets, harder. It, gets, it gets really hard.
2: Because then you have to find a guy to replace him. And I would assume that's Nylander. And then you have to find a guy to replace Nylander in his production on Matthews' wing. And Matthews is good, but he's not a Connor McDavid where you're putting a borderline AHL player with him and he's a point per game guy.
1: I totally agree. Like,
2: I, I love Austin Matthews, but he's not a Crosby and McDavid type of guy yet. That he's just going, you can put anybody with him and they'll have 60 points on the year.
1: Look, Connor Brown scored 20 goals, but he moved around. He wasn't with Matthews the whole year when he got his 20 goals as a rookie. Nylander's been a 60-point guy. He didn't play with Matthews hundred like the whole season. He was, I would say, 80%, yep. um, except for when Matthews.
2: It's, it's just funny how you the, everyone's been clamoring for the Leafs to become what they are now, and as soon as they have what they need, it's like, let's train them away to improve an area like this. And I understand defense is not ideal. It, you take your lumps, and you learn from playoff experience, because these guys are still only 21 and 22. The young guys, I mean. Matthews and Marner and Nylander. And, yeah, you, uh, you might not win a cup this year, but uh, the defensemen get some experience, and guys like Borgman and who knows? Dermot and all them become solid NHLers, then you have your core there. That's a top four that you can start to rely on.
1: I'm, I just I don't under I just don't understand when when I look at this Leaf Steps chart of prospects. We know that the strength is on the wing. It's getting better on defense. It's still really not great at center. They're top yeah, three. Their top-ranked center prospect that's close to being, that's in professional hockey right now is Adam Brooks.
2: And Adam Brooks was a fourth-round
1: pick. Adam Brooks with a fourth-round pick. He was really struggling at points last year. He's still finding his way. If he has a good year, great. Doesn't change the fact that...
2: He's going to get his chance, too.
1: Yeah, he's going to get his chance.
2: This is the prove-me year for Adam Brooks, because he's going to get top six minutes.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind having him play as the top-line center for the Marlies.
2: Uh, Top nine for sure, because I don't know how they're going to play Juris or Cracknell or any of those AHL guys. Okay, that's
1: that's really true. Okay, I would even insulate I don't don't know how
2: the forward lines are going to line up for the
1: Marlies. No idea.
2: Like center or wing, those types. So we'll see. Yeah, so... He's going to get more more um, what's the word I'm looking for more responsibility than he did last year
1: yeah and he's it's gonna be more pressure on him and let's see how he how he handles it um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because again if you if you someone told Mike Babcock oh would you trade Kadri for defense? I would like if somebody were to ask Babcock that question
2: I mean uh, it's just it's stupid and there's just been some real hot takes on cadre trades um I don't need to name names <laughs> um
1: they know who they but,
2: are yep um he's not killing the Leafs defensively and some people have suggested trading him for a winger It's we like to harp on the Habs but some people on Leafs Twitter have Mark Bergevin syndrome right now mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm
2: uh, I don't get it. Why you need... The, the Leafs are one of the deepest wing... Have some of the deepest wing depth in the league. And we're going to trade one of our centers, which is an area of need for a winger. It's just incredibly stupid logic. It's irresponsible. It's
1: it's just... You're saying stuff and you're... Ho- you're, you're just you're throwing, throwing things out. I'll
2: say it. You're throwing shit at a wall and hoping some sticks. Yeah. You're trying to make headlines out of nothing. Because... Trading a thirty a back to back thirty goal scorer, who takes on the responsibility and has the contract like Kadri, for a winger is just stupid. And yeah, it's no time for it.
1: Um. All right. So, I I, I that, that like I like what Kurt put it a good way in that if you're gonna the only reason you trade Nazem Kadri is if you're getting a. A defenseman of the same value back. You cannot trade Kadri and get. Yeah, he he might be. He's gonna be. He's a defenseman. Let's trade from. We're not doing the Hall for. I mean, Nazca Kadri is not. Um. Oh my God. <sighs> Taylor Hall. He's not Taylor Hall, but he's a valuable player on the Leafs, even though he's not playing the same role this season. So
2: you want a guy that's going to if you're trading Nazim Kadri, you're trading him for a defenseman. You're not trading an area of need, a guy in an area of need for a strength.
1: Yeah. And there's Yeah. There's teams that will trade for him. But teams are not going to give up the defenseman the Leafs need because guess what? They need that defenseman too. The only trade that would have made sense is kind of what Carolina and Calgary did. But even then Calgary got a crap ton for Dougie Hamilton because uh, Hamilton is a pretty good defenseman. Um, who was the crap who's the winger that went to Carolina with Hamilton? Um, let me double check. It was um, oh, Michael Ferland. It was uh, Hamilton and Michael Ferland. Ferland was a good winger. But Carolina had to give up Elias Lindholm, who's a top six center, and Noah Hannafin, who could be a top four defenseman. Younger. Both
2: top 10 picks in the last five years, too. Exactly. For the last uh, six I think Lindholm was 20, 13? Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna put. I can, I'm gonna.
1: Um, I'm gonna throw this at you. Would you have traded Nazem Kadri for Dougie Hamilton?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, probably.
1: Now here's my question: If I've Calgary... been
2: happy about it, because like, yeah, Nazem, but it's a top four defenseman for not William Nylander. I mean,
1: yeah. Um, uh,
2: that's a tough. It's a tough call. If
1: but... if if uh, it was Kadri, if they said, "Oh, we need something more than Kadri," like let's say it was Kadri and I would have said they probably would have asked for Kadri Dermott. Top two
2: top five picks they had to give up to get Dougie Hamilton. Elias Lindholm was fifth overall
1: in twenty thirteen. I mean, I'll I'll set aside like the cachet of them being for top top five picks. Let's say two established players and. Cadrian Dermott for Hamilton and another player, not Ferland, because I don't think the Leafs would have asked for it. They would have probably hey. asked for a third line center guy. They're I'm not saying eye-pulls. I'm not saying they would have done it. I'm just saying that's what the Leafs would have probably had to do to get the defenseman that they need.
2: That's that's all I'm all right. saying.
1: I'm not saying they're gonna do it. They shouldn't. When you have a guy that's young, cheap. Your homegrown in your system guy, you don't need to trade them. You don't. You find a way to get the internal improvements first. If that doesn't work, get the rentals at the trade deadline. Because guess what? They're going pretty cheap now, cheaper than before. Um, unless you're Tampa and are able to. Holy smokes, that Ryan McDonough trade got really complicated.
2: But. Yeah, it, I don't, I don't like any trades involving any of the Leafs forwards currently. Honestly, it's just not worth it. If you I can,
1: if you can give up your prospect capital that you don't like, look, they have. We just said they have really good prospect capital, but guess what? Not all of it is going to make the NHL or have a spot with the Leafs.
2: It's just like people seem to think the Leafs are doomed with the defense defensive core they have.
1: I don't think they are. No. I don't think they, they are yet. They're,
2: they're gonna make playoffs this year. Unless they fall off a cliff again. Like all of Ottawa did this year. Um like they're I think Florida will push them a little more this year, but it's gonna be them in Boston again and Tampa. Yeah. I don't know how it plays out, but
1: I think the Atlantic is going to be a bit... I think Florida will be a playoff team. I mean, they added Mike Hoffman. People forget that, how they got Mike Hoffman, who's going to probably get close to 25, 30 goals. That's big for them.
2: Just, I'm just going to look up the um, uh, free agents for the NHL see who could be a rental, possibly, because the Leafs are... I got it. So you're talking about, it are are you talking
1: about rentals at the end of the season?
2: the this year's
1: deadline. All right, I'm going to give them to you because I got them right in front of my face. Eric Carlson.
2: Oh,
1: oh God, no. He... <laughs> Eric Carlson, Tyler Myers, Bo- uh, Jay Easter, Alex Edler, Chara. He's not going anywhere. Mark Mathot, Cronwall, Strawman, Gardner, Coburn, Delzot. Like, none of those names look good.
2: There's, there's an interesting one down there, and I don't know if it's, like, this big, sexy name. is Carl Gunnarsson.
1: Who knows? Oh, we're going to bring up that name again.
2: Well, I couldn't have brought up Dan Girardi or Derek Englund, who's further down the list. But... Also, Roman Polak could be a rental of the deadline. Mm, so, enjoy that for the don't, rest
1: don't, of the season. No, do no, no, we're not going, no, nope. we're not doing
2: Wilson that. Wilson's
1: a UFA in 2019. Uh, Hey, I will say this. If Luke Shen shows any pro I, I mean, we've got guys who are probably better than Luke Shen. I'm curious to see we, how he does. Did I just say he we? Is... <laughs> I just said we, didn't I? Oh, that's, that's my first time I've done that in a long time. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. My impartialness went out the door. Okay.
2: We'll be better next time. Mark my thoughts on there. He's an interesting name. That's more of like a playoff like defensive defenseman option. He's not a sexy name by any means.
1: No. This is a name I want people to keep an eye on. Not because I think the Leafs could get him, but there's been rumblings and not the really credible rumblings.
2: Some rumblings. Oh, like Eklund rumblings?
1: No. Yeah, yeah we can go on that level. Um, Colton Pareko. Yeah. yeah. If the Leafs are in a position where they absolutely suck on defense, and Colton Preco's situation in St. Louis, because guess what? If I'm not wrong, which usually I am, but I'm going to go on a win, you right know. Uh, let me look it up. Oh my God, I can't type and talk at the same time. This is not like me usually. The St. Louis Blues, they're in a very interesting situation. Because um, they have a lot of guys coming up with RFA. Colin Pareko oh. signed his extension, five years. He's at four years, uh, four years left at five million. That's a steal, by the way. I don't know how they got away with that. But you look at Pietrangelo is a UFA in two seasons. We just saw St. Louis trade Paul Stastny when things didn't go right. I don't think they'll ever trade Pietrangelo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if they need to shake things up, if I'm a team, why wouldn't I call them about Pareco? And if I'm the Leafs, that's the only defenseman I would give a bit more of a up the ante a little bit more to get. Yeah. But I'm see, not. But again, that's just a pipe dream.
2: He's also, yeah, he's also another guy that'll cost you a ton of money. You almost certainly have to move Jake Gardner to fit him.
1: And as you see, I'm not Jake saying Gardner. no to that.
2: <laughs> Jake Gardner is a possibility. He could be traded at the deadline. If he can be traded at any point, because the Leafs out—they're in that situation where he's going to probably get six or seven mil on the open market.
1: He's gonna get so, seven. At gonna He's gonna that. get around seven. Yeah, he could get. He, he could get James. J, he can get JVR money.
2: Yep, and somebody yeah. will pay it. A guy that has had what two fifty point seasons.
1: Yep, a team that needs that offense you- on the blue line. I I can see a team doing it. So, you know.
2: So, who knows? They, I mean, that's all I'm saying is this decor could lose Gardner as well, and some people wouldn't be too upset about that.
1: And some people will be upset about it, and I know that crowd.
2: Some people who are rational thinkers think, "Hey, this guy put in fifty points, and yes, he has the odd lapse
1: in crucial points of the game where you kind of want to win."
2: Yeah, he, everyone's prone to their mental lapses. I mean, You're I'm not. will defend Gardner because he. You can't. You I, can't I was put as him. You can't. As anyone with him, yeah. But man, he, he took that like a man, and that showed me a lot. Yeah, he, he he did not back down when people were trashing him after that game like seven. That showed me a lot. He
1: he's the poster boy of the problems with the defense, and I think it's a bit unfair because there's been a lot of non-good defensemen around him.
2: He's the guy that's got to wear it. Cause...
1: Yeah, I mean, but you it's fair to criticize, but it's also unfair to criticize to a certain degree. Yep. That's all I'm gonna say. I think, Austin, this is a good point to leave it on because I'm starting to get tired and my <laughs> voice is going to.
2: Well, I mean, we got to gotta gotta, save questions for our guests.
1: We do. We got to save those types of discussions, um, including some of the Leafs' changes up in their personnel department. We're not going to get into that. I want to get into that with our potentially our next guest um, if he is going to be free to come on. I'm going to message him when he is back from his cottage weekend and we will uh, try to work that out. So just a reminder, uh, next week will be a tough week to record because I am in Boston until next Wednesday. But after that, we will try to get back on the on the podcast. Um, you can find all of our stuff at tipofthetower.com. You can find... Austin's stuff with the score. You might be writing more Austin, maybe?
2: Uh, there's a possibility. I'm just plugging away with copy editing, but uh, I did help contribute to uh, the mock draft that they just did for fantasy hockey. So keep an eye out for that. Josh Wegman's going to be writing that up. So, oh,
1: I know uh, Josh. Josh and <laughs> I go back. Josh and I were in a fantasy football league together. Good times. Well, so. there you go.
2: Yeah, he uh, He. great. Uh, kindly had me on to help with the mock draft so and
1: josh and i also play fantasy hockey together and this is a very competitive league he'll tell you you can ask him about it tomorrow awesome if you see him at work or you're All not right. working tomorrow so whenever oh you no sleep. i'm
2: off tomorrow so i get to sleep
1: yeah Austin, get some sleep we had some crazy time at the uh at i was at raw and SmackDown. a little wrestling a little wwe um i'm tired too i want to get some sleep um <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow all of our stuff on Twitter. Oh, shout out to, I don't know if he's listening or if he's gone this far, Ari Shapiro. Shapiro Shapiro. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at I this point.
2: I feel like I shouldn't screw up his name, so I'll ask him next time like, I talk to him.
1: Um, him and Austin did a conversation, a podcast together to talk about the Leafs. Yeah. Kind of similar, similar to what we had here, but. Ari's yep. Ari's a pro. Ari is definitely a pro when it comes to podcast. He's asked me to come on. There, uh, we
2: are not. So
1: we're we're semi. We're, we're what's the we're the welfare our- movie semi pro. <laughs> that's yeah. how I would equate it.
2: <laughs>
1: um so yeah, take a listen to that. Some good stuff there and uh yeah, it's I'm very very curious to see what this week's going to be like cuz there's been a lot of uh the Leafs are back skating at their practice facilities. Un- unofficial, official, as they call it, unofficial, official skate. Mike Babcock's been looking, but he cannot say or coach yet. I'm sure he still is some way. He probably has yeah. like a Bluetooth headpiece down to the guy that's on the ice, the skills development Wait. consultant. It's so he's funny. He's yelling from the balcony. Yeah.
2: Hey, back check. He's not on the ice. it's just. Want to use not a good pro by training camp? There'll be a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, there's video. He's in his Leafs gear. I don't know if you saw the photo, Richard, our good, uh, our good uh, instructor from Centennial, Richard Lions of the Toronto Star, had a nice picture of Babs in the on the balcony. Caught him red-handed yeah. too. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have you covered on all any news that's going to come out, including Donaldson. Oh God, Donaldson. Just uh, just okay. hang in there. Hang in there. Okay. Yep. Yeah, thank you for listening. MJ, happy birthday. Happy 60th birthday from all of us here at Tip of the Tower in Austin with the score as well. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Well, not night. Damn it. I messed that up. <laughs> if you're listening to this at night, good night. Have a good day if you're well, listening it's, during it's the day. It's
2: staying in now. There's no going back.
1: Yeah. There's no going back.
2: Ah, it's Bye. okay.
1: Bye, guys.